0: Welcome to A Command of Her Own, a Star Trek podcast. I'm your host, Caitlin.
1: And I'm your host, Jen. This week, we're discussing Star Trek Into Darkness. And right off the top, I'm going to apologize for my voice. As you could probably tell, I have a cold. And uh, so that is going to be causing my voice to sound a little strange.
0: I had some snarky things to say, but they were all really mean. So let's just move on.
1: (laughs) Okay. Um, For announcements this week, we do have a bit of a special episode coming up after this one because we are going to have our first guest host on. We tried to get a few more lined up, but lining up schedules with our schedules just didn't work out. Mm -hmm. However, the hiatus between season one and two, which... I expect will be fairly drawn out. It may be easier to schedule some stuff in there. So if you're interested in being a host or have some ideas on what you would like to discuss with us, then please feel free to send us an email or a tweet uh, using our contact information, which is, which I say at the end of the show.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And then Kate, you went on a trip to PodCon. Okay.
0: So, I didn't actually go to the con. I just went to a show.
1: Oh, okay. That
0: was put on because of PodCon. When we were leaving after the show, all of us were like, why didn't we just get tickets to the convention and stay the weekend? That was dumb. Hmm. So, that was dumb. Hmm. But seeing the Adventure Zone live was so much fun.
1: I bet. Um, I haven't listened to much of the Adventure Zone, but it is such a well-done podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're very entertaining. Yes. Yes, they are. Mm. And the fans are great.
0: And the show was
1: great. It was mm-hmm. Christmas
0: themed. Oh, nice. So, Or as they say, it was candlelights themed.
1: Mm. So it was fabulous. Cool. All things you love. Yes. Do you know if PodCon happens annually there?
0: I believe this was the
1: first one. Oh, okay. If it does end up being an annual thing in the same place, that's actually really convenient for us to attend. Yes. Because it's not far. Uh, yeah, I, I believe this was on by Hank Green.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, and he started VidCon, which, oh, okay. is usually, which I believe is in the same place every year in LA. So, mm-hmm. yeah, should be. Uh, I don't know. Like, I'm saying VidCon's put on in the same place every year, so possibly they're planning to put Mm -hmm. on PodCon in the same place every year also.
1: Mm -hmm. Very cool. So, we should jump into talking about the movie.
0: You seem more enthused about talking about it than I
1: did. Well, okay. It has a lot of problems. A lot. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to say,
0: we are coming at this from two very different points of view. I have never seen any Mm -hmm. of the original con-related stuff.
1: Okay. That's good. So,
0: I want want to get that out there. So, I probably missed a lot of references Mm -hmm. or whatever.
1: No, but I'm also really curious as to your take on certain scenes. Because there are... Like there's certain scenes that are like directly from Star Trek Two, only they flip yeah, characters. That said,
0: like I know a lot of what happens just because
1: I'm oh, on just Tumblr. Part of...
0: You know, like
1: yeah, yeah. But having not been like invested in the characters or seen Star Trek Two or the con mm. episodes, I'm I'm just I was interested to hear what okay. your take on it was. Um,
0: yes, we we uh, yes. Also though like I'm just not invested so I don't know it
1: wasn't like it wasn't a great movie but it was fun it was fun it was a very action-oriented movie mm-hmm that's true and again it was like the second part of JJ Abrams movie resume for Star Wars yes very much so so what did you think of? the intro set up for the movie? um, Like, they're on a planet. There's... Oh, yeah, a volcano, okay. There's a problem. It was fine.
0: Okay. I, I didn't really think one way or the other about it. Okay. I, I presume you feel differently?
1: Well, my there was some fun stuff there. There was some neat stuff. But... I didn't feel like there was any purpose for having that scenario there. Like, all that intro sets up is that Kirk is an inexperienced captain. And there's a fun little bit of conflict between him and Spock, which was fine. It, like, gave a reason for him to have his little monologue about feelings and a little bit of false conflict with Uhura because he was willing to sacrifice himself and all that that didn't really feel like it needed to be there. Like he and Ahura could have just had a conversation about what happened in the first movie and resolved it. And like the conflict between Spock and Ahura, I was like, why is it even there? She had so, so little to do with the movie. Yes, that's true. Like it, I felt like it was just there because it was like, this would be a neat idea. Let's put the enterprise underwater and let's do this. And, this is neat, and then it'll set things up for the main action of the story. But really, you could have started with just, like, an act of terrorism and then have, like, Admiral Marcus assign Kirk to it, which would have made sense because an inexperienced cadet captain would make a really good scapegoat for provoking a war with the Klingons.
0: Well, okay, I don't disagree with you if you're making you know, a low-budget Star Trek that you need to make work. If you're making a high-budget sci-fi movie, you need to start with action. Like, Star Trek aside.
1: Okay, but then start with the terrorism
0: scenes. That was just an explosion. This, you needed to, like, have a big ship. You needed to do that. I I don't disagree with having a big ship reveal the way that they had it.
1: Okay. Well, then, at least have it where, like, they're in the middle of this action scene with the planet and the water. And then they come up. And the reason that Kirk evades getting into trouble is because there's been meanwhile, a terrorist incident and they get sent off on a mission right away. And like Admiral Marcus can overrule Pike. Mm -hmm. Cause there was just like a bunch of stuff there that felt like filler. It was like, well, we have to show Kirk with sexy aliens. Okay. Let's have that scene. We'll have Kirk brooding in a bar. Let's have that scene. I don't disagree with any of your
0: particular points. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I just think that it made sense to open with an action scene. It could have been <clears> a completely different action scene.
1: Yes. Okay. I'll give you that. I just thought that, like, afterwards, I was trying to think back at the beginning of the movie, and I was like, oh, yeah, they had that whole, like, planet thing, and they never came back to that, and it never, like... Uhura and Spock's conversation never was picked up again in the movie, really. And I was like, why did they have all that in there? But anyway, so yeah, so that was was my first issue with it. And like a lot of the writing felt sloppy. Like it was really an action movie and they had so much in there and things went by so fast. Mm -hmm. And I think that some of it could just been like cut out and simplified and like a whole bunch of the fight sequences could have just been gone. And I think part of the reason they did it Mm -hmm. was because they didn't want people to know ahead of time that it was con.
0: Do you remember any of the speculation when that came out?
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. There was, there was speculation. There was, you know, the cast Benedict Cumberbatch is the villain People were speculating that it was Khan, and the studio was like, nope, nope, we're doing something else. I don't remember
0: them necessarily saying no. I do remember them saying, you know, this is his name. Because he had that fake name.
1: Oh, and yeah. using... I, right. And I like. I think that's part of why they threw Carol Marcus in there, because she had a fake name mm-hmm. at, the first, at the beginning, too. And it was like, okay, are they trying to... But then I was like, okay, well, make it about how, like... They're sent on this mission. They don't know much. They get a science officer forced on them. Let them speculate more about her and who she is. Like, let them find out that that's not her real name and let it, that cloak and dagger part, play out and, like, cut out the extraneous fight sequences that had no purpose.
0: Yeah. And if anybody was useless in the movie, it was Carol.
1: Well, I mean, okay. So, not to say that this is my. Couldn't
0: have been better. She just didn't do anything.
1: Yeah. So Carol Marcus is another Easter egg character. I figured. figured. So um, I can't. I'm pretty sure she shows up in the original series. I can't remember the circumstances of her episode specific there. Mm -hmm. She is in Star Trek 2. And um, she both her and Uhura barely pass the sexy lamp test. Which is, for those of you who don't know, if you can replace a female character in a movie with a sexy lamp, this is a bad sign that your movie is not giving good representation to women characters. Gotcha. So <clears throat> the only thing Uhura does is speak Klingon and do a little bit of fighting. But even that, like, I had also had issues with that whole scene um, with the entire Chronos bit it wasn't clear to me why they went there. It wasn't clear to me, like, and then she, like, tried to negotiate, which ended up ultimately failing. So I was like, you know, it would have been almost, yeah, I could think of different ways that that could have run that would have been Mm -hmm. a lot more satisfying. And then with Carol Marcus as well, She's a weapons specialist scientist person. And so she does the initial torpedo surgery thing with Dr. McCoy. That's it. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, and she stands in her underwear for Kirk to look at. To validate, you know, male gaze yes. needs. Because the skin-tight ukura yes. costume was just not enough. Yep. So, yeah.
0: That's the scene that I do believe J.J. Abrams apologized for afterwards.
1: Yes, he did. Because, uh, again... Made a lot of people really, really mad. Yeah. And I see, I can remember that happening. And I remember thinking at the time that, like, Dr. Marcus would play a much bigger plot point, that it was going to be, she was going to be much more pivotal and involved in the whole time. And she wasn't. I get the feeling
0: that J.J. Abrams introduced her in this one and meant to do something with her in the third one, but then he didn't do the third one and whoever did just didn't use her at all
1: Mm -hmm. could be that could be
0: i'm pretty sure she's not in that one i'm like 95
1: percent sure. yeah i'm pretty certain she's not in that one either um but yeah so like i would have like it would have been a more clever movie to me if they would have let there be more time with you know carol wallace and aka carol marcus and her double identity and then john harris and Khan and his double identity and having more with like the crew of the enterprise needing to figure out who's who what's going on where people's loyalties lie like let it be that sort of suspenseful part Mm -hmm. and take out a bunch of the action sequences i would have enjoyed that way more also because um my other beef like so i'm gonna start this out by saying i have not actually seen benedict cumberbatch in anything else
0: oh yeah (laughs) i know i'm congratulations (laughs) is that that because you're not a fan i'm not a fan of his no Okay. okay sometimes he's in fucking everything i feel sorry carry on i i actually i have you know what, I'm just going to say, it's not necessarily that I'm not a fan of his. He just ends mm-hmm. up in projects by people that I don't like.
1: Oh, okay. So I, so it's more like by association. Yeah. Um, I've heard a lot of positive reviews of him. Like, I've heard that he's a fairly good actor. Th- that may be influenced just by the people I've heard. I don't feel like he got a really good chance to stretch his acting abilities here. Mm -hmm. And if they would have like in the original, in the prime universe, part of the danger of Khan is he is a charismatic leader. He is able to like command and lead people. And Benedict Cumberbatch, like they didn't write his character that way. Mm -hmm. He shot a bunch of things. He was really tough to kill. Like you could have had a robot in that role and Benedict Cumberbatch could have pulled off a really charismatic person and he barely had any actual conversation lines with people. A lot of the people Benedict Cumberbatch ends up playing are kind of like human robots. Well, that's fair. Like I can see that from a few of the things that could be his, his shtick.
0: Um, maybe that's his range. You know, I don't think I've ever mm, seen him in a truly yeah. really emotional role.
1: Okay. But yeah, this one, he seemed to just be like, uh, you know, Fury mode. Yeah. Yeah. See, and I Cold don't... emotionless, and then Fury, and
0: yeah. Yeah. I don't have a lot of the problems that you just mentioned with it, because, I don't know, I get that they wanted to make an action movie, and I, I get that that's not what Star Trek is for you, and for a lot of mm-hmm. the fans out there, but mm-hmm. as I wasn't a Star Trek fan per se, like an original Star Trek fan when I saw this, it didn't bother me that way.
1: True. I do know some Star Trek fans who really enjoyed the movie. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that this movie fell into the same problem that a lot of the Next Generation movies fell into. Mm -hmm. In that it was like you, you, they start making the movie and they set up the expectation that it has to be a big blockbuster action film. And to a certain extent, I can see that argument where in the modern you know, cinematic culture and, and, you know, for the numbers that they have to pull in at the box office. There is pressure to make it like that.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: So I can kind of see that. But I still think that they could have done a much better job actually fleshing out the story. I don't disagree with that. Like, Mm -hmm. I haven't
0: watched this movie since I saw it in theaters. So I wasn't like, you know, I didn't love it or anything. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, other than Sunday night when I watched it for this.
1: Gotcha. So, yeah, a couple other things I wanted to ask you about was just mainly focusing on Spock's and Kirk's characters. Mm -hmm. And do you think they had, like, some arcing happening? Like, did you feel like there was character development? Uh, I felt like they were supposed to be. Okay, that's a good answer. Because that's kind of my take on it as well. Like I
0: saw where they were coming from with Kirk mm-hmm. needing to learn to be sort of less emotional, I suppose. Or not less emotional, but more logical and more mm-hmm. more captainy. Mm-hmm. And Spock needing to learn that people have emotions.
1: Mm-hmm. And uh, how did you feel about the fact that they... Like, so easily fixed the end so that no one actually died.
0: So I made reference to that in our last show. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Not great.
1: I remember reading an article mm-hmm. just
0: after I saw this movie where somebody was like, the ending would have been so much better if they had just left him dead. Mm-hmm. And and I mean... Yeah. Go ahead. Well, and then, like, dealt with it or did something about it in the next movie, like they had originally. Yes. Um, yeah. Which, I guess, like, they don't have the same, like, he's not human, so we can fudge death type of thing. But mm-hmm. I'm, but they're writers. They could have come up with something.
1: Well, yeah. And um, Matthew alluded to this in uh, his email for the last movie. That they actually let, you know, in the last mm-hmm. one, like, Vulcan blew up. And they didn't undo mm-hmm. it. Whereas in this one, it was like, okay, well, you know... It was, like, big, dramatic thing. And then, oh, we'll just, you know, undo that. And I, I they could have even left it, like, it was cute because there was the Tribble in it, right? Yeah. And so I was like, oh, there's, like, a little Easter egg. There's, like, a Tribble. And then, like, McCoy injected the Tribble with, like, the blood sample that he took from Khan. And I was like, oh, okay. Maybe this is how the Tribbles get their reproductive problem um, nope. in this timeline. I was like, oh that would be a funny little thing to just slip in mm-hmm. there. And then they could have just had like them put Kirk into the stasis thing and had them figure out the solution later. Like in the next movie, it would have been cute to have seen like McCoy there and like the Tribble suddenly come back and then have it dawn on him mm-hmm. and start to like do that. I was like, that would have been a very easy thing to just slide to the next movie. But then you couldn't have Kirk give the famous speech at the end. Yeah. Which also bothered me that, um, well, okay. The speech is classic Star Trek. I have no problem with the actual words of it. It's apparently called the captain's oath. Oh yeah. That was weird. Yeah. The, the problem that I had was that like, well, I guess it comes down to like the—they kind of wanted to make it seem like he had arced, because he goes from like confronting Khan, where his first instinct is to like beat him to a pulp, which he does unsuccessfully in a scene that lasts far too long. Mm-hmm. And then at the end, it's like, you know, our mission is peace and exploration, and I was like, but you—you you so didn't demonstrate any of that. Yeah. That didn't bother me that Kirk's first thought about revenge and justice was well physically beating someone to a pulp well
0: for a couple of reasons mm-hmm. um people do keep calling him on it and calling starfleet on it because what's his face that admiral dude was kind of warmongering mm-hmm. and people kept saying this is not what we're about why why is he giving us these orders so there's right. that and and like Scotty quit for a day, but I loved yeah. that actually. That was awesome.. Um, and so I don't know, it didn't bother me because they acknowledged
1: it. I guess. Um I guess we'll disagree. Yep. It still bothered me. And then they had Spock beating him up at the end on the top of the transport ship thing that they wound up on as mm-hmm. well and so it just like it seems to me that like you know men dealing with emotions equals you know beating a dude up oh yeah that
0: that's fair oh also to my other point mm-hmm. they did show kirk being really excited about the idea of a five-year mission that's true so, i don't know and that felt that felt real before sort of the plot got started at the beginning.
1: Though again, like I feel like that was just thrown in and wouldn't, shouldn't have been a natural consequence of what happened in the episode. I mean, they start off with him airing so grievously, and Pike dresses him down, and you know, and and they're gonna send him back to the academy. Maybe they're stripping him of command, and then like he does this one thing again, and then it's like, oh, now we're gonna give you an unprecedented five-year mission on on the ship that we just stripped you of command with before, and now we're giving it back to you. Because you did this one thing. Yeah. And I mean, that's a very Kirk thing to have happen. Um, It sort of comes up a a few times, at least where it's like, he gets pulled in front of Starfleet for something. Crisis happens. Kirk saves the day. And then it's like, well, in light of recent events here, we're going to basically give you back, put you back to where you were. But again, I would have liked it a bit more if it had ended with like Kirk's Still, like, we don't know if he's alive. He may be in crisis. Like, what's going to happen? Yeah, that, that would have been better. Given it mm-hmm. some weight. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, well. So, yeah. Okay, I have two things that I did like. Two? Okay. One. Definitely one. Anyway, sorry. Um, mm-hmm. I really, really liked that they had Spock contact Spock and get information. Like that they didn't just oh, really? ignore that they could contact someone and have the plot all laid out for them.
1: Okay. Because I feel like a lot of
0: a lot of movies would have just ignored that. That they could contact someone and be like, hey, what should we do? Mm, but it right. does seem like the logical action to take.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So I, That's fair. I did enjoy that they put that in. Okay. Uh, I swear I had another thing, but I don't remember. So it couldn't have been that important.
1: Okay. There were some really nice uh, like special effects in here Mm -hmm. and some really interesting angles of like just like scene angles. Yeah, that's that's very JJ. Yeah, that's true. I would have liked to have watched it again before recording this, but my family's been sick. So there has not been good movie time. Mm -hmm. Um, Some other things I liked. uh, Some of the city scenes. On Earth in the future, mm-hmm. I thought that they did a really good job of making it look futuristic. In um, some of the other Star Treks, they kind of just like overlay the existing city a little bit, yeah. And it's not quite how I imagine things will look in the future. Like they may almost make it too pretty and green still. And this one, a lot of the scenes there was like quite a bit of severity and and things like that. The music was really good. Mm-hmm. And what else? Mm-hmm. I really liked the bit with Scotty. Yeah, he was and, great. And McCoy as well. Oh, The other thing they could have cut out is the, like, four minutes where they showed people running across the spaceship decks. Uh, uh, you know what I'm talking about? Uh, like, in, those, yeah. in the scene where Khan and Kirk... Like, shoot across to the enemy ship, mm-hmm. and Scotty's there. And Scotty has to, like, oh, okay. yeah, run yeah, 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 yeah. across the thing to the hatch, and then he's gonna run all the way back. And then, when the ship is being pulled down into the Earth's atmosphere, and it's like rocking back and forth, and they've got to get to certain places, and they have to run there, and they show the whole thing like this. And I like that they show that the inside of the engine room is big, but it almost feels like comedically so. And it just made me think of uh, the uh, line in galaxy quest mm. and um, where one of the people's, you know, the ship's been rebuilt according to the the specifications in the show that were shown on episodes. And so they get to this part of the ship that's like needlessly perilous and complicated to pass through. And the person is just like, this episode was badly written.
0: Oh.
1: I'm just like, yeah, that's kind of how I felt with Kirk having to like, physically climb up the giant things and yeah Mm -hmm. i was like it's kind of nice that it's bigger and a grander scale than you usually would see Mm -hmm. because you've got the effects to do it but i don't really need to see them running across scaffolding and almost falling and running across scaffolding and almost falling and so i don't disagree
0: but i mean the Mm -hmm. the scotty running was for comedic effect as most of scotty is and then that's true the All the stuff when the ship was falling, that was for tension building and how they were all going to die.
1: Yeah, I still think it was a bit excessive. I I, I don't disagree. I just, Mm -hmm.
0: I understood where they were coming from, I suppose.
1: Yeah. Um, I thought that, again, the parallel scene from Star Trek Two with the person being irradiated and the hands on the window. Mm -hmm. I really didn't like Spock's reaction to it. Yeah, but they couldn't, It just with what they chose to do, they couldn't not do it. I know they couldn't not do it with what they chose to do. They could have chosen an entirely different movie to make, but they didn't. So, you know, big flaw number one there. And I like that they flipped it so that it was Kirk who was in the radiation chamber and not Spock. Mm -hmm. But I still think it was, I don't know it It didn't affect me, like Star Trek Two and that when that scene comes up, it like has an emotional response for me, mm-hmm. you know this one just you know doesn't no, nope, nothing fell flat. there may have been an eye roll, <laughs> yeah, I don't know it didn't bother me. did you feel like? Did it tug at your heartstrings?
0: No, but nothing in this movie does. It's just okay. an action movie. Okay. You know, I I, I don't that's feel fair. like that's if that's what they were going for, then they messed
1: up. Okay, that's fair. I think that's it. There was a few fun Easter eggs. Mm-hmm. Although like some of them I felt like were almost too like it didn't have the same fun, quirky feel when they came up as the first film did. Mm-hmm. But I'll read through my list of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Spock, of course, had his famous line: "The needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few." There was mention of Section Thirty-One, and again, like that was cool. I almost would have preferred had they not used the word Section Thirty-One.
0: What What is Section Thirty-One?
1: Well, it's like a top secret Starfleet sec like thing that's not supposed to actually exist.
0: Okay.
1: So the fact that they said it was Section Thirty One instead of being like evasive about what Starfleet facility was actually struck, mm-hmm. I thought it was like, oh, if they would have just like been evasive about which Starfleet facility was struck, all the Star Trek fans would have been like, oh, Section Thirty One, it's Section Thirty One. But they just called it Section Thirty One okay, gotcha. You know? Um, I love that they mentioned the mud incident in passing. I noticed that, but I didn't
0: really understand what they were referring to.
1: I think they were just trying to throw in that, like, they've encountered mud in this universe okay. as well. Of course, Dr. Carol Marcus is her whole character is an Easter egg. Mm-hmm. They had the Tribble in there. McCoy had a good line. Damn it, man, I'm a doctor, not a torpedo technician. Yeah, once and again, Carl Urban. I mean, he could have done more, but he was good. He was good. Yeah. And yeah, his performance was like a highlight for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the whole Star Trek 2 plot, of course, mirrored throughout the movie. And at the end, the captain's oath. Yeah. And I may have missed some. So, if there was a Star Trek Easter egg there that I missed, feel free to let me know. Yeah, and uh, and we will include it next show.
0: Okay, and then I just wanted to mention quickly that, mm-hmm. of course, between this movie and the next movie, uh, two of the actors passed away: Leonard Nimoy and yes. Anton Yelchin. Mm-hmm. Um, so they are obviously not in the next one, and it was mm-hmm. very sad when they died. Mm-hmm. I want to say, like, especially Anton Yelchin, as he was very young and I believe died in a random car accident.
1: He died in a random car malfunction. Yeah,
0: Yeah, it was bad.
1: It was um, where he... Now, I mean, if you're going to get out of your car, turn it off. But it was a defect where cars were slipping out of park and into gear. And so he got out of his car to do something. And then his car rolled forward and crushed him. Okay. So yeah, it was very tragic. It was like, yeah. Um, and then of course Leonard Nimoy also passed away. Okay. So, so this is the last time we see them. I think this was yeah. the last movie Leonard Nimoy ever did, as far as I'm aware. Probably. Yeah. Now, we got a few listener comments
0: mm-hmm.
1: that I'll share quickly here. Um, so, Steve Jeffrey at zincstoat uh, responded right away when we asked that, my main question is why? Were there really no other stories they could think of to tell about this timeline? Mm-hmm. And then he also brought up in another tweet that, Uh, My point about the first two Kelvin movies being J.J.'s pitch reel for Star Wars was well made. No resemblance between the headlong chase in the ship seized in the mud incident through the ruins on Kronos and Ray and Finn's escape in the Falcon. At all. Honest. And it's funny because when they had that whole scene where they were like going through the Mm -hmm. ruins, I, I was typing notes at the time as I watched and I was my thought was a Star Wars trench run. Really? Really? Could you be more obvious? Yeah. Cuz I haven't even seen the the Rey and Finn Star Wars. Like I haven't seen those new ones, but I my first thought when I saw that was seeing, you know, the ships in Star Wars go against the uh big yeah thing that named escape the Death star. And uh the Death Star. Thank you. And uh doing that whole thing. I just wanted to point out
0: our reversal there. Just just
1: Um, And then the other two comments were from two people who enjoy the film and uh, we're mostly in it for Benedict Cumberbatch. We got a Benedict Cumberbatch gift from Sarah at Elsa Grab the Salt and Becca Eller... At the Becca Eller said, I really liked it. I grew up on with the original, but I'm 100% in for Benedict Cumberbatch and his fantastic self being creepy and awesome.
0: I don't get people who like Benedict Cumberbatch looks wise. If you like him as an actor, great. He is creepy looking and I do not get the attractiveness.
1: Everybody has a different type. That's fine. <laughs> He's not mine either, but that, that's okay.
0: I don't get it i have a friend who's all for it but i don't i and and has like talked to me about it i'm like no you're wrong
1: I'm and again wrong, i would have but you know what i mean yeah i would have loved if they would have shown that he had more like not even like sex appeal but that he had that leadership charisma
0: again i don't know that benedict cumberbatch like I honestly just don't know if he's Could. a good enough actor because everything I've ever seen him in, he is kind of robot y hmm. or an asshole. Okay. Hmm. Either way, he doesn't really show emotions.
1: All right. Well then from his past from from that perspective, that was exactly what he gave in yeah. this one. Very robotic, very few
0: emotions. I think I've only ever seen him in two other things, though. Okay. Being Sherlock and uh, Doctor Strange. I can't think of Mm. anything else I would have seen him in.
1: I have not seen either of them. You're not missing anything? I mean,
0: Sherlock's intelligent, but Stephen Moffat's a sexist asshole. Mm.
1: Oh, okay. He did some Doctor Who. Stephen Moffat, right? Yeah, he ruined
0: it, but yeah, whatever. Yeah, okay. okay, you don't need to talk about that.
1: Okay. A lot
0: of people love Stephen Moffat, and I am of the opinion that he is mm-hmm. way too in love with the and it shows through in his writing. Gotcha. Anyways,
1: that's an aside. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, and also, the list of things Jen has not seen. Mm-hmm. Sherlock, of course, and Doctor Strange and Wonder Woman and there were people wondering if I have seen it yet and no, I have not finished watching it yet um, I will try my best to watch it over Christmas at I mean, some point I mean, you don't
0: have to, I had a lot of fun um, uh, I don't want to say making fun of you with everybody on Twitter but
1: right. <laughs> <laughs> you know well, you could say you had fun making fun of me <laughs> It's it's on the list. I own the movie. It's just, you know, finding time. And then the other thing is that my husband wants to watch it with me. So finding time when we are both awake and the children are not is the big challenge. Yes. Mm-hmm. So we will try. It was the challenge watching this movie because he wanted to watch it with me as well. And he wants to watch the third movie with me. So we'll try and do that instead of studying, <laughs> and yeah, instead of studying, that'll be fun. well. We both have ex- we both have exams in a week too. Yeah. So, yeah. What type of place
0: would have? Well, no, that, that was a dumb question. Never mind.
1: What type of place would have
0: exams in December? Yeah, and then I was like, oh, every school <laughs> ever. So All of yeah, them? yeah. Like- Yep. I meant okay. for adults is what I was thinking, but then I guess it's not only adults yep. doing this.
1: Well, the exams we're taking are adults. It's like in courses for our day job and Yeah. 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 Anyways. So yeah, you can choose to cut that all out. But I have a fortune cookie ready. Oh, okay. Um, are all right. we gonna do um, yeah. Yeah, fortune cookie.
0: Uh, shoot. We, we we probably chose McCoy last week, didn't we?
1: Gosh, I remember. I think so, yeah.
0: Uh, You know what? Um, Check off.
1: Okay, check off. He's not in the next one. An important telephone call will soon be made to you. Okay, check off. Yeah, that's.
0: um, There you go. I can only think of really terrible, funny things to say.
1: Yeah, I'm going to a pretty dark place here. Yep. But.
0: Let's not and say we did. No.
1: <laughs> okay. And do you have any recommendations this week? Uh, um,
0: the only thing that's coming to mind is like go to a live show of a podcast if you have a chance because it's it's fun to be in a room with all other fans of whatever it is you're a fan of and enjoying the podcast and stuff
1: hmm maybe it's been on my list don't for
0: a while do a five-hour road trip with seven people in one van hmm
1: well that was fun until
0: see. it was late
1: mm. but yeah i could see that i don't think i have anything to recommend except for cold medication cold medication is fabulous it is it is this podcast is brought to you by cold medication no specific brand? I do prefer Robitussin mm-hmm. because it doesn't add acetaminophen mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to most of their formulas. Mm-hmm. And I am one of the very, very few percentages of the population in which acetaminophen tends to give me insomnia. Ah. Which means taking it at nighttime, which is, you know, one of the prime times when I would take mm-hmm. it. It's like, hmm, okay, I can get rid of my cold symptoms, but I'm probably still going to be up all night. So That's unfortunate. I'm a big fan of that NyQuil. Yeah, I'm pretty sure most NyQuil has uh, acetaminophen in it. I don't know what it so, is, but it knocks me out. Yep. Yeah. If it can do that for you, that's good. Like I said, I'm one of the very, very, very few people that will react that way to acetaminophen. Mm-hmm. We don't even make up enough percentage for it to be listed on their like, known side effects.
0: Interesting. I will say, if mm-hmm. you can get the American uh, NyQuil, there's something, mm-hmm. they do something different to it, that it it really just, you're just out. Okay. Like I think there's yeah, more I alcohol content or something in there. Because you're just right. out like a light.
1: Um, shall we do the outro?
0: Yes, yes. There's no spoilers in here. Uh, so Star, Star Trek Beyond next week, which should be good. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to not falling asleep in the middle of it.
1: Third times the Did charm. It. I fell asleep in the middle of Star Trek Into Darkness. We had to stop it and like rewatch it. Oh, I I tried that like picking up. Fell the asleep time. again, yeah. but again I was on a red eye flight. Oh dear. Okay, so next yeah next week next year. Next week, Star Trek Beyond, and we will have our special guest with us and also talk about it. And I guess that's it. So thank you for listening. I've been Jen. Uh, 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 Contact info. Okay. Okay. So thank you for listening. (laughs) Okay, I'll try that again. Thank you for listening. If you have any questions or comments you would like to share, you can contact us at... A command of her own at gmail.com or on Twitter at command of her own. I've been Jen. And I've been Caitlin. And bye. Bye bye. That wasn't that awkward. No. We're going to
0: experiment with a bite of this apple and see how it goes.
1: That was, that was a pretty good uh, sound <laughs> effect. <laughs> so just like, I imagine someone biting an apple would sound like. I
0: don't know why, but I did not think that apple would be as delicious as it is, but it's amazing.
1: Is it a green apple or a red apple? It's a Honeycrisp. My favorite. Okay. Okay. That's not a bad, not a bad one. No, but it
0: just looked, I don't know, weird. So I didn't think they'd be mm. any good. Okay. It's quite yummy. All right. <laughs> apple reviews by
1: Caitlin. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> this week on A Command of Her Own, we're talking about apples. Yep. <laughs>